in the middle of our tournament where my friend John said he found a body in the bushes over there. I ran over there because I'm a healing monk to try and help, but obviously my magic wasn't strong enough because the dude's body was missing a head. So my friend decided to try and use a necromancer spell, which didn't work, which I knew it wouldn't. And apparently we contaminated the crime scene because that spell uses a lot of glitter. <laughs> Dave Rubin, this is the Rubin Report. It is April 4th, 2023. And we had to start you with a little satire cold open there because I saw that video yesterday. It was making its way around the internet. And we have entered a strange, I would say, uncanny valley portion of humanity right now, which is where it is impossible to tell if something is real or satire at this point. It turns out that that clip, which looked like it was from a local news recap on someone being beheaded in the forest, it turns out that the guy's a comedian and it was satire, but we just can't tell anymore because the news is getting more ridiculous by the second. And today is a day that will go down in the history of ridiculousness uh, because Donald Trump obviously uh, with this arraignment and the indictment and the whole thing. Uh, we're going to be covering that and a bunch more today, but it, it's just, it's a bad day. It's a bad day, guys, period. Uh, whether you support Trump, whether you like DeSantis more, whatever regarding 2024, for the state of America, if you believe in law and order, if you believe that we have to believe in the system for it to work, uh, that we shouldn't be hounding and chasing former presidents because once you do it once, you open up a door, you open up a Pandora's box. And what will happen after that, where we will just have one president who eventually ends up in jail and another president who ends up in jail. And that's how you end up in an autocracy. That's how you end up in a dictatorship where a leader never wants to leave. Remember when we invaded uh, Libya, uh, that was under Barack Obama. We didn't call it a war, so he didn't get... Uh, congressional authority. We called it a kinetic military action. I had never heard of that before. It sounded something like Xbox Connect or something. Uh, Gaddafi ended up because he couldn't leave, right? There was no way he could leave. He knew if he left power, he was going to end up dead. He ended up hiding for a while. And uh, one of, they chased him down and somebody literally jammed a knife up his butt. And that's how it ended for Gaddafi. There, there's video of it. We didn't want to play it for you because it's before noon. Uh, but the point is that if you, if you start going down the path that we seem to be going down right now, uh, we will end up in a terrible place because, you know, generally speaking, uh, not, not entirely, but generally speaking, good people no longer want to get into politics because it is dirty. It is evil. There's all sorts of things you have to do. The money, the fundraising, like it's just a freaking mess. The swamp, the machinery, all of it, the media, right? So you already have... It's already selected for a certain type of person to get in. Well, now if you start also saying to people, and by the way, if uh, you're president one day, and even if you're fairly successful as president, we're going to tr try to figure out how to get you either way. You're going to end up in jail one way or another. We're going to do everything we can to destroy you and your family post-presidency after we did it for four years while you were president. This is dangerous stuff. We will end up with no good people in politics. Maybe that's where we're headed regardless. Uh, but that's going to sort of be the outline for the show today, sort of comparing how the media is covering this, what some of the other uh, candidates on the Republican side are doing right now. Uh, but I thought an interesting way to start uh, would be uh, this video from one of the debates in 2020. I believe this is the first debate, the first Trump-Biden debate in 2020. Uh, and here's Trump outlining all of the witch hunts that he's gone through, all of the things that they tried to do to destroy him before he was president and while he was president and while he was trying to become president for a second term, which obviously didn't happen. But I think this is an interesting way to frame today's show. I listened to Joe talking about a transition. Uh, there's been no transition from when I won. I won that election. And if you look at Crooked Hillary Clinton, if you look at all of the different people, uh, there was no transition because they came after me trying to do a coup. They came after me spying on my campaign. They started from the day I won and even before I won, from the day I came down the escalator with our first lady. They were a disaster. They were a disgrace to our country. And we've caught them. We've caught them all. We've got it all on tape. We've caught them all. And by the way, you gave the idea for the Logan Act against General Flynn. You better take a look at that because we caught you in a sense and 
President Obama was sitting in the office. He knew about it, too. So don't tell me about a free transition. Okay, so I don't want to get into every little thing he said there, but the, the, the facts of the matter are that Hillary Clinton paid for the Steele dossier that then the entire Russia collusion hoax was based on. That seems to me to be some level of a criminal act. When he's talking about the Logan Act related to General Flynn, that you can't be negotiating, basically, talking to foreign governments without the authority of our government. It's like, what was Hunter Biden doing in Ukraine, which he obviously got the job through his dad. Like there's, the point is there is so much criminality related to politics and high level politicians, especially at the international level. You don't think that Ukraine right now is a giant money laundering operation. How does Barack Obama, who was a community organizer and a senator for a term or so before he became president, how does he now have, how much is his house in, uh, uh, Martha's Vineyard, it's a 30 acre house on the water. It's gotta be worth at least 15 million bucks. How did that happen? How did Elizabeth Warren, who makes a $258,000 a year salary become worth $67 million? How did Bernie Sanders, socialist, far left, doesn't know the difference between equity and equality, Bernie Sanders, how did he become a millionaire who owns three houses? Uh, Barack Obama's house, I was close. I, I put it up at 15, it's only worth 12 million. 30 acres, it's a steal. Strange he's living on the water with all that climate change stuff. But the point is, there, there are so many criminal activities that these people either do intentionally or unintentionally. Nancy Pelosi worth like 100 million bucks, Gavin Newsom worth all of this money. Like They all become part of the thing and they're trying to get Trump now because he paid off a porn star for prostitution, which sounds kind of unclear. Now they've they've, no pun intended, trumped up a whole bunch of the other charges that should be misdemeanors that now sound, sound like they're gonna be felonies. This, guys, is banana republic level stuff. And let me just say one more time, you know over the last couple of weeks, I have been very critical of Trump. I like Trump, I voted for Trump. It cost me a lot to support Trump. It cost me friends, it cost me sponsorships, obviously, all sorts of stuff. It wasn't like the most fun thing to be the guy wandering around in LA as like one of the, the loudest and proudest Trump supporters. I, I enjoyed it when I was going to the rallies, but you know, when your neighbors uh, see you, they're, they're generally not thrilled with you. Uh, but I'm very proud. I feel like I did the right thing. And, and by all measures, uh, this country would be in a much better place if Donald Trump was president. I have been critical of him over the last couple of weeks because his fire to me was aimed the wrong way. This indictment was potentially coming. There's, you could be attacking all day long the ridiculous ineptitude of this Biden administration. And he was going after DeSantis, the guy that he backed two times, who, li who he lives in his state, and all of the crazy name calling and all that stuff. So I was critical of him on that, but I just wanna be clear, there is no daylight here on, on the absolute farce that, that, that this indictment is. And speaking of farces, here's Joe Biden's comment, or lack thereof, on the Trump indictment. Are you worried this will further divide our country, the indictment? I have no comment on that. No comment, not even anything about ice cream, just absolutely nothing. So what does it mean if you have no comment about this? Do you not care about our democracy? Do you not care about the justice system? Do you not care about equality under the law? Or how about basic virtue or morality or, or the rights of the individual? Joe Biden knows that the swamp and the machine is doing his dirty work. We have an 80 some odd year old man who has dementia or something close to it, who sometimes shakes hands with air, who often walks downstairs and asks people for ice cream uh, when he's supposed to be giving a, you know, a talk or a speech. Uh, he is confused, he doesn't know what's going on. He really doesn't. Yes, they can make him lucid for two hours a day somehow with whatever drugs they're putting him on. And they'll do it again for the next debates because somehow they're gonna put this guy up again. It's, 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 it's absolutely ridiculous, but he can't comment on this. He has no comment. Why wouldn't his comment be, well, I, I stand with uh, the NYDA. Uh, I stand with Alvin Bragg, New York. Why didn't he even say that? He doesn't have the balls to say that. But Trump has been predicting something that I think uh, is clearly coming true. You know, one of the lines that Trump always said was, they're not coming after me. I'm just standing in the way, meaning they're coming after you. And I think we're sort of seeing that. We're seeing that if you, if you are on the margins of what society will allow, whether that means you're good or bad, it's completely irrelevant, uh, they will come for you. 
and they are looking to destroy you and they're looking to disassemble every facet of your life through Trump. So you don't have to love Trump. And again, I've been very critical of him. Like I'm, I'm tired of a lot of the name calling. I'm tired of it all being about him all the time. I think we have to get past some of this stuff. But if you wanna take a principled position, a principled position is, this is, this is an absolute farce and this is clearly only because he is running in 2024. If he had just gone out to pasture, right? Just gone back home to Mar-a-Lago and just said, you know what, I'm just gonna hang out amongst the gold and the women with all the plastic surgery and we're gonna have our little parties and I'll wear tuxedos and people will come and say how great I am and I'll eat all the fancy foods and blah, 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 and just lived out his life. This would not be happening. This is clearly happening because of 2024. And that's not how the justice system is supposed to work. So we got a lot to unpack on today's program related to all of that. Uh, before we do, let me talk to you guys about balance of nature. You know, nothing is more fundamental than the fact that fruits and vegetables are good for you, but eating all the fruits and vegetables you need can be time consuming and expensive, which is why I take balance of nature. I took them this morning. It gives me a foundation of nutrition and the positive effects of a wide variety of fruits and vegetables in just a couple seconds. See why hundreds of thousands of people take balance of nature every day. Get 35% off your preferred order, your first preferred order when you use discount code Dave. That's right, 35% off your first order just by using discount code Dave. And now back to me. Okay, so there's always two things that are happening here. We have sort of, What's actually happening? So Trump is being indicted, like this thing is actually happening. And then we have the way the media filters the truth, right? The media could respond honestly to the truth. They could, even the people that are Trump deranged could be going, uh, you know, imagine, wouldn't this be refreshing? If someone on CNN or someone on MSNBC or, or, or a columnist in Washington Post or New York Times, wouldn't it be refreshing if they were like, you know what, over these last couple of years, I, I've been very critical of Trump. Some would say I've had Trump derangement syndrome. I was thrilled when he got out of office, you know, blah, blah, blah. I called him Hitler and his supporters racists and deplorables. Uh, but I don't like the way this thing's going right now. There's a dangerous slippery slope here and this could come for all of us. Where, where is that type of principled person? I think you could very easily connect that to the, to the failure of the people who I'm usually most critical of these days, which are the, the last remaining liberals. And this is, this is the fault of sort of these people. Like if there's ever a moment to be principled, now is it, but I can't find any of them being principled. So you have the truth that is happening, uh, what's really going on on the ground, and then you have the way the media responds to it. So I apologize, guys. Well, we are showing you some view clips, but we're going with Stephen Colbert first. So here you go. I have a dire warning for average citizens. It's not even about Donald Trump. It's about every American, because if they can do it to Trump, they can do it to you. With this indictment, I think it's an indictment on everybody in America. I mean, if it can happen to him, it can happen to you and I. That if they can do this to Donald Trump, they can do it to you. If this is what can happen to him, it can happen to anyone. If they can do that, they can go after you and me. It's true. If this indictment stands, then no one who has their fixer pay six figures and hush money to their porn star lover, then reimburses that fixer out of business accounts, then falsifies it as legal fees and conspires with the publisher of the National Enquirer to catch and kill stories about his other extramarital affairs as part of another illegal violation of campaign finance laws, will be safe. None of us. Folks, you know the old saying, first they came for the former president, and I said nothing because he is so guilty. Comedy, it ain't what it used to be. Uh, look, I don't even think we have to comment on the specifics of the charges. It's, again, it's largely irrelevant. There is a certain set of people that want him to be in jail, that want him to be in jail no matter what, a certain amount of people that want him to walk no matter what. What I'm talking about here is sort of the, the blue sky version of this, is what direction this will send the country in if this guy ends up in jail. Where will it send the country? It will send the country to hell. It really will. And Stephen Colbert, man, you know, I always say the thing about Stephen Colbert, it's that line I used with Bill Maher that, that he was into, that Stephen Colbert just gives the machine what, he, what it wants. And what Stephen Colbert is forgetting is that people like him, people like Brian Stelter, these types of people who just give the machine what it wants, they do whatever the sort of spirit of the day is, eventually the machine doesn't need you anymore. And when the machine doesn't need you anymore, it gets rid of you. And the machine, you could be applauding, they're taking Trump to jail, they're gonna get Donald Trump now. 
Colbert, they could come for you for one reason or another one day. That's also why so many of the wokesters are former comedians who used to be politically incorrect. Then they feel this guilt, so they have to run cover for their former guilt. Anyway, now we gotta show you some of the ladies of The View. They are thrilled. What an incredible day it was yesterday as all this was unfolding for the insane, did we put the warning? We put the warning, put the warning again. Let's really drive it home for the people. Yeah, it's The View, here we go. And to quote the great Sonny Hostin, the twice in, twice in peace, I can't even speak. Twice impeached. The twice impeached, one term, once indicted, but who's counting? <laughs> Former president is reportedly facing more than 30, count them, criminal charges. So, how do we feel about this unprecedented moment in American history? I called it. Did you? We feel good. <laughs> Begging for applause. <laughs> I said he would be <laughs> held criminally responsible because no one is above the law. He would be at the very least charged. He not only has the New York case, he has the Georgia case, he has the, the Department of Justice cases. There are two or three of them there. I mean, you can't commit so many crimes and think that you are above the law even if you are the president. The audience, you know that if the audience of The View is not sure when to applaud that you might be missing something. I think the audience is actually smarter than them. They are thrilled that the guy that they hate is potentially going down. They don't care why he's going down or what evidence there is or isn't, or as I'm talking about here, what this does to the fabric of the country, the amount of people who feel that Trump was unjustly attacked. You know, it's funny, Joy Behar is talking about two impeachments, two impeachments that nothing came of them. The January 6th hearing, that nothing came of it the Mar-a-Lago raid, that nothing came of that. Like how many times, again, as Trump said at the beginning in that first clip, they were going after him before he was president with the Steele dossier and everything else. So all of these things have systematically failed and they, but because they went all in, he's Hitler, we gotta keep going and keep going and keep going. So now the audience is, is being cued to applaud because they don't even know what they're applauding. I think the audience might be going, but maybe this is just a bit much. Uh, here's Anna Navarro, Anna Navarro. She put on a little extra makeup yesterday. You'll see in just a moment, she was all zazzed out. Uh, and she's very excited that the grand jury is gonna go for him. Listen, the first thing I wanna do is I wanna thank this special grand jury because they have been meeting for weeks and weeks. They've done this yeah. incredibly seriously. This is not an easy case. This is, this is a case that has risks. And so I thank them because these are regular New Yorkers. These are not people with a political agenda. These are regular New Yorkers. Donald Trump finally won a popular vote yesterday. <laughs> the grand jury voted to indict him. You know, I was thinking last night, Boy, because I was reading this article where Ivanka and Jared apparently want to start their new life in Miami, and I was thinking, you know, they now can give their children the distinction of having matching mugshots for their both of their grandfathers. Yeah. You can pick whether you want Charlie Kushner or Donald Trump mugshot if you are Jared and Ivanka's child. She, she really is terrible. You know, let me, let me say something on a personal note. Uh, you know, we've become uh, pretty friendly with Ivanka and Jared over the last couple months since we got here. When we got down to Miami, I got a note from Jared. Hey, heard you moved down here. Uh, would you guys like to come over for dinner? Th they are good people. They are good, decent people. Um, and they absolutely have my support and that, that she finds this fun. Anna Navarro finds this fun that, that Jared and Ivanka's children will have matching mug shots, it's, it's just so gross. You know, it's so interesting too, because what she's doing, she's thanking the grand jury. She's thanking the grand jury, but it's hilarious because if the grand jury had gone the other way, she would be telling you that the grand jury was corrupt. She doesn't know what information the grand jury has or doesn't have, but she's thanking them because she's getting the result that she wants. Had the grand jury looked at the evidence, and we don't know what pressure they were under. I love how she's saying, well, these are just regular New Yorkers. They're not political people. You know, we're all humans in society. Politics affects all of us. Trump, when you guys have trumped him up to be orange Hitler, that concept is sort of in a, a, an awful lot of people's brains, people that end up on grand juries. So she has no idea whether the grand jury was politicized or not. She simply has no idea. But this idea, oh, the grand jury is good when it does what I want it to do, 
But you know damn well, if the grand jury had tossed away the charges, she would be sitting there today, today, telling you how corrupt the grand jury was, the system is screwed up, they should have another trial, they should find him on something else, burn it all down, yada, yada, yada. I don't like those ladies of the view, guys. I want people to know it. Uh, let me talk to you guys. Oh, we, we, oh, sorry, we have one more here. Uh, if you want to know a little bit more about the, uh, the grand jury, these people, and you go, well, these are, not, these are just regular citizens. They're not political people. Do you remember when uh, Georgia, well, Georgia now has another case going against Trump, but then they did have a case about a month and a half ago that got thrown out. This is a video. Did we show this on the show or did I? I don't think we showed this on the show. Uh, this, is, this really is incredible. When, now, just to contrast what Anna Navarro just said right there. These are just regular people that are on these grand juries, right? As if they, they, they exist in vacuums. They are not affected by anything. They have no political leanings or biases or anything else. We all do, okay? It's part of being human if you're gonna be a functioning person in society. So this is a woman who was the foreperson on the Georgia grand jury uh, that in the case that got thrown away, okay? Now there's another case coming, but this is about two months ago. And tell me if the foreperson, when you're the foreperson on the jury, you're kind of in charge. You're like wrangling the cats and trying to get everybody to agree on stuff. Now they threw the case away, but you tell me, does this woman seem unbiased and sane and the type of person you would want in charge of who goes and doesn't go to jail? Personally, want to hear from the former president. I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with these people? Like, if you grow up, like that girl, she probably, I don't know, what does she look? Maybe and she's in her late 20s, something like that. Like a generation of people who talk like this and they just don't really care about the law. But what I really wanted was to like sit him down and like be able to say something in front of him. Like, that's what I want to do. It's a miracle he didn't get caught hung up on that one. You know, I've heard from a couple of people that I trust that the, the Georgia case against Trump, which is a separate thing altogether, this, this on upcoming Georgia case is much stronger than the New York case. That, that's just a little sidebar, but we're getting some breaking news right now. So I'm just reading this as it's coming in. Uh, it was just leaked to Yahoo that Donald Trump is being indicted with 34 case E felonies for falsification of business records today, but he will not be handcuffed, placed in a jail cell, or subjected to a mugshot per source from the DA's office. Well, that's interesting. Look, I didn't think that they were gonna put him in jail. Uh, it is interesting that they are not gonna do the mugshot. The mugshot, which of course would have ended up being as iconic uh, as the MLK mugshot. So that's probably a wise move. They were about to make him even bigger than he is at the moment. Uh, a little more info on a class E felony, leaking a grand jury disclosure, which sounds like this is what just happened to Yahoo, also happens to be a class E felony in New York, punishable by up to a year in jail. So whoever leaked this thing, but we never find out who leaks things when it helps Democrats, right? Remember the uh, Supreme Court uh, leak? Roe v. Wade was going to be flipped. We decided not to find out who did that, right? When things work for the Democrats, what I always tell you, there's only one type of privilege in America. It's Democrat privilege. Uh, so this is interesting because it sounds like a bunch of the things really were misdemeanors that, uh, that Bragg has upped to felony charges. So he may be overshooting here. Let, let's cross our fingers and go, all right, the guy's overshooting. They're not going to be able to convict him on the, the way the charges are constructed. So we shall see, but, but it is not good. We got, we got plenty more on this. Uh, let me talk to you guys about Birch Gold real quick. Uh, you know, inflation has consequences. And as the Fed raises interest rates to combat out of control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never been more important. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a fantastic hedge against the stock market and against inflation. 
Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Visit birchgold.com Dave to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k that's tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals, gold and silver. And the best part, it's tax sheltered. Visit birchgold.com Dave to claim your free info kit on gold today. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Birchgold.com slash Dave today. Okay, so let's get into a little more, perhaps, dare I say, honest assessment of what is going on here. So I can show you clips from CNN, and I can show you clips from The View, and you get it. They're getting what they want. And not only are they getting what they want because they want to destroy Trump, but they're also going to get views and clicks, right? Who's thrilled about this right now? Every time something goes on with Trump, the ratings go up for these guys. It is a simple truth. It is just true. So they have to be enjoying that at some level. Your ratings go up, you get more ad dollars, more people are paid, more money in the pocket. Okay, fine. That's how the game works. Uh, But not everybody is a complete dishonest arbiter that is in mainstream media. There are a couple people that I think are at least ballparking it to the best of their ability, right? That's what I'm trying to do. Ballparking it to the best of my ability. That's what they could put on my tombstone. Dave Rubin, he ballparked it to the best of his ability. Uh, Here is, uh, you want to do the statement from Trump first? We'll do that first. Yeah. Okay. So first, before we get into some of the media things, let me, let me read the statement that Donald Trump posted on Truth Social, and then we'll get into some of the media guys. This is political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history. From the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower, and even before I was sworn in as your president of the United States, the radical left Democrats, the enemy of the hardworking men and women of this country, have been engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. Never before in our nation's history has this been done. The Democrats have cheated countless times over the decades, including spying on my campaign, but weaponizing our justice system to punish a political opponent who just so happens to be a president of the United States and by far the leading Republican candidate for president has never happened before, ever. I believe this witch hunt will backfire massively on Joe Biden. The American people realize that realize exactly what the radical left Democrats are doing here. Everyone can see it. So our movement and our party, united and strong, will first defeat Alvin Bragg, and then we will defeat Joe Biden. And we are going to throw every last one of these crooked Democrats out of office so we can make America great again. You know, I have to say, You know, I've been critical of Trump because of some of the language he's been using, mostly related to DeSantis, right? You you back a guy twice, you love the guy, he's the best governor in America, you live in a state, all that stuff, now you're calling him a rhino and a globalist and claiming he's a pedophile, like all of that insane over-the-top stuff. That was a pretty clear, that's the clear and cogent Trump that I think would be the better Trump at this point. And he is right. There, there's nothing factually wrong in what he said there. They funded the Steele dossier, as we talked about already. They have been trying to take this guy out from day one. And he's right. He's right about this idea. You go after him with this. You weaponize the justice system after him. And congratulations, Democrats. You will not always be in charge. And it will come after you as well. And now to some of the people who are ballparking it roughly right. I would include my good friend Glenn Beck on that. He was talking to Tucker Carlson last night about what it is the Democrats have just ignited in this country. Where are the Republicans? Where are the decent Democrats that can see this is this is insanity? Donald Trump, the reason why this is going to um, help Donald Trump. And that's why I don't think they're doing it so he can't run. They're doing it because they want people to strike out. Please turn to God, repent, pray for our country, pray for peace, put on the full armor of God. But here's what's really what they miss. Donald Trump is not even a person anymore. He is a symbol. He is a symbol of the average everyday guy that keeps getting screwed every single time. Watches other people screw up big banks, screw up their companies and get away with it. They see people all the time doing stuff that they know if they did, they'd be in prison for 20 years. 
But because they're not part of the elite, they get away with it. Donald Trump has taken arrow after arrow, and that's why this is the way the average American feels tonight. And there's going to be 100 million people that will walk on broken glass and through fire to vote for someone other than this corrupt banana republic administration. That's, I think, exactly right. Glenn Beck, wow. You know, let me tell you something about Glenn. You know, obviously you guys know Glenn, and I've, I've interviewed him many times, and I, and I know Glenn personally. Glenn is the most soft, pleasant, like lighthearted, fun, smiley guy. So when you see Glenn with that, with his sort of brow down like that and with the, with the tone that he's talking about, it's like he really, really means it, and I think he's right. I, I'm not going to put a, a hat on because I just got a haircut yesterday, and I'm feeling quite good about it. So there will be no hat being put on for me today. Um, but I think Glenn's main point there is right. Trump, it's, he's not a person anymore. There is a human, Donald Trump, that human who wears the suit and the red tie, and hangs out at Mar-a-Lago and you know, sends out his true social messages. But that's not what this is about anymore. He is right. This is a symbol. This is a symbol. Go back to the, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies about the importance of a symbol, right? And Donald Trump is now a symbol. And if they can destroy him, if they can figure out a way to do this, who else will they come for? How else will they come for people? Will they ever let go of control? Will we end up with basically sort of these broken states? We'll have all these different broken states. I mean, maybe we have this already to some degree because the blue states are so broken, but really corrupt justice systems in certain states, less corrupt justice systems in other states. There'll be a constant war in a federal government that nothing will ever get better. I mean, maybe we're in all of that stuff right now and Trump's the last guy to do something about it. I don't even know that Trump's the guy that can fix this thing. I mean, that, that's sort of been my calculation. If you're talking about the bigger problem about actually draining the swamp, getting things to be a little more normal and everything else, I don't know that he can fix it. If he was sworn in as president in a couple of years, it's like maybe all hell breaks loose again and they, they unleash the riots in the streets and they burn everything down and maybe he can't get good people to work for him because too many people will be afraid or he's turned against too many people or whatever. My calculation has been all along that, that DeSantis is the better choice on that. But it, that is utterly irrelevant. It is utterly irrelevant. We cannot end up in a situation where we do this because we will, we will end up with only worse and worse people forever. I discussed ju uh, just that with Vivek Ramaswamy, his new podcast launched yesterday. We taped this about two weeks ago. I was the first guest on his podcast. So we taped this two weeks ago, just as the uh, indictment was announced. So this is right after the indictment was announced, but I believe it was before Tuesday, right? Uh, it was either before the Tuesday that it was about to happen or it might've even been that day. Uh, but you can see we, we disagreed on a bunch of stuff. If you watch the whole thing, it's about a two hour conversation. Uh, but one thing we fully agreed on was the, the circumstances surrounding Trump's indictment. It's wrong. We should not live in a country where the political party in power uses the police state to arrest its political opponents. That's the stuff of banana republics. We're skating on thin ice as a country right now. And I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican, whether you're Joe Biden running against Donald Trump, whether you're me running against Donald Trump or whether you're Ron DeSantis running against Donald Trump. It's a moment that calls for principle rather than political calculation. That's why I spoke up about this. I, I, I I guess I assume that you feel the same way, but I guess I can't be, I'm not sure about it. So I'd love to hear your opinion on the Trump situation, but that's what's on my mind today. But I think it makes me think more deeply about these questions of leadership in our country too right now. Sure. So let's start with the easy stuff, the, the agreement stuff. And for sure, the only thing we discussed before we started recording this is that we're going to get into everything sort of with no rules. And there are points of disagreement that we'll gladly get into, but I can very easily just to jump off on the Trump stuff completely agree with everything you said right there. We are potentially entering, and maybe we've entered it already, banana republic level stuff. We're back, we're back. Oh, sorry. I was looking at myself and then I'm back. Okay, that's me. I think I might be wearing the same thing. Look, this is where we're at. It doesn't matter if Vivek and I don't agree on everything. And if you watch the podcast, and I recommend that you do, we, you can see we get into a bunch of things that we disagree on, tactics and, and tone with a few things. Um, but this is good. 
to see Ron DeSantis come out and lay out that statement, we will not extradite this guy. It's a George Soros-backed DA. Uh, this is complete corruption for a DA that is letting people off of major crimes, and this is selective enforcement of laws, so we're not going to be involved in this. That's great. Vivek, who could draw blood from Trump right now. So you can see when people have a moment to, to stand up. Like, if Trump was arrested, this helps Vivek, right? Like, Vivek is going after the populist crew. So if Trump is out, Vivek would rise very quickly, but Vivek is taking the right position there. I think Nikki Haley has also taken a similar position. So these people, and this is what I have been saying all along about the sort of wide swath of Republicans, and we'll see who else gets into it. I'm gonna show you a new guy who just announced in just a second. Um, but right now, this, this swath of Republicans that's getting involved, th these are pretty decent people, even if you disagree with them on certain things. And I mean that about Trump, I mean that about DeSantis, I mean about Vivek, I mean it about Nikki Haley. Uh, one that I'm not so sure what I think about is uh, Asa Hutchinson, uh, who is the former governor of Arkansas. You know, why don't we flip the order of these videos? Well, can we do the second one first? He's just announced that he is running for president in 2024. I have made a decision, and my decision is I'm going to run for president of the United States. While the formal announcement will be later in April in Bentonville, uh, I wanted to make clear that to you, Jonathan, I am going to be running. And the reason, uh, as I've traveled the country for six months, I hear people talk about the leadership of our country, and I'm convinced that people want leaders that appeal to the best of America and not simply appeal to our worst instincts. And that inspires me when I see everyday Americans just saying, give us good leadership, give us common sense, consistent conservatism, and optimism about our great country. And uh, that inspires me, and I believe I can be that kind of leader for the people of America. Okay, so that's Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas, as I said. He is going to be the type of Republican that is gonna get a lot of mainstream press, right? Because he won't really have any support, but the mainstream media will tell you, this is the type of Republican we should have. This is the type of sort of Mitt Romney-ish, nice guy, looks nice enough, we can pat him on the head sort of thing. I have no doubt he's a decent guy. I will gladly interview him. I'll treat him the way I treat all of my guests, of course. Uh, but you can see a little bit of the game that gets played here. So we're just pulling back a little bit of how the media operates and how these candidates operate. He knows he's not gonna be president. He knows there's, there's no need for his candidacy because if you want competency and decency in those things, uh, let's, say you, let's say you just hated Trump, right? So you just hate Trump for all the reasons that you might hate Trump. Uh, if you want competency and decency, like you've got DeSantis and Nikki already, so he's just doing his thing. But I promise you, he is going to be he is going to be loved by mainstream media because he is the type of sort of it's just sort of like an, having like an asexual guy at a singles bar. You know what I mean? Like nobody's threatened over this guy. Uh, but then he went on uh, another show, and here he is going after DeSantis because DeSantis is standing up for Trump. I mean, my God, here we go. Over the weekend, Governor DeSantis, who very well may be one of your competitors for the nomination, called Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney, a menace to society. You yourself, you are a former prosecutor. What did you think of that? Well, I think it's appealing to the worst instincts of America versus trying to sort through a difficult time in our country. And so I look at uh, what Alvin Bragg, the district attorney, attorney has done. And I have said that uh, if the facts are as I understand it, as a former prosecutor, I wouldn't bring that case. But we also need to wait to see what the facts are. There's a lot of unknowns that are here. Uh, in addition, you've got two additional investigations that are ongoing. Do you see why, why he'll be a media darling? Like, you can see it, right? Like, you're a former prosecutor. What do you think about this prosecution? Well, I sort of think nothing's of it, but I need to, like, he's just gonna always give them what they want so that he can keep being on TV and people can be like DeSantis and Trump, who are the real threats, obviously, whichever way you wanna go on that, they're scary. Can we put up this guy? That's what it's gonna be. Th this is also a guy who has not done a particularly great job I don't think we're gonna have to focus on him too much over the coming months, but he has not done a particular great job, a particularly great job, I should say, uh, in defending conservative values. Uh, when he was governor of Arkansas last year, he vetoed a bill that would have outlawed gender assignment surgery 
for minors, uh, something, by the way, that Ron DeSantis signed into law in Florida today. That happened today, like an hour ago. We didn't get in our rundown because it happened so recently. We'll try to get more on that tomorrow. Uh, but here's Tucker a year ago asking Asa Hutchinson why he would bill, uh, why, would, why would he veto such a bill? Why are we regulating the behavior of children at all if we're allowing children to decide? And by the way, I read a study today that showed the overwhelming majority of kids who do not take life-altering hormones in the end decide not to, quote, transition to a new sex. So th there's a lot going on here. But I'm, I'm asking as a, as a conservative, you just incited, invoked Ronald Reagan as if he were for chemical castration of children. What other behavior should we not use the power of the state to regulate among kids? Seriously. Well, Why you debate it every time. And so, look, Tucker, you want to keep talking or you want me to answer a question? Tucker, I sincerely whenever want you, to you Well, thank you. And so whenever you, whether it's, it's beer for minors, these are all issues that you have to address the legislature. You make judgment calls on it. But... We also try to restrain ourselves as conservatives and say we don't have to be involved in every issue. And if you want to broaden the party, if you want to get back to the principles, then let's at least think through in a reasoned way as to whether this is the right bill to interfere with parents' and doctors' decisions on a health care matter, as you pointed out, has, does not have thorough research in every area. And so, I yield to that, but and you, whenever you look at this you, bill, and you my yield veto to the lack of, of it, research. It's so interesting to me that a conservative can take that position. There is a difference between conservatism and libertarianism. Libertarianism, the idea that only really individual rights matter, and the state should have virtually nothing else to do with anything, right? It should protect property rights and things of that nature. But that's basically it. Asa seems to be taking the libertarian position on that, but the conservative position is that there are things to conserve, like reality, like genders, like family, things of that nature. Uh, and he doesn't seem to be willing, so there's a place to use the government. And he just doesn't seem to be willing to use the government when the government should be used. I would say the government should be used when a, when a crackpot doctor is telling a nine-year-old that if we give you certain hormones and perform certain surgeries on you, we can make you the other sex, which is not real, uh, that is a place where perhaps the government should have something to say about it uh, because it's medical malpractice at the very least and we can go into a, a whole other uh, set of issues on that, right? You know my feelings about that. But the, you know, when I was watching that clip, it reminded me of something else. Remember that clip we showed you about a month ago when Mike Pence was on CNBC and he was criticizing Ron DeSantis for using government power to take away Disney's special rights. And it's like, wait a minute, are you guys conservatives or are you libertarians? Is Mike Pence a pure libertarian and never wants the government to do anything? Well, either way, that wouldn't be the libertarian position in that case because you would want equality under the law for everybody and Disney had special rights. All DeSantis did was take away those special rights. So there are applicable moments for the government to do something. But these guys suddenly think that if it's involving, if it involves going after big corporations like Disney, the government should do nothing. And if it involves protecting children, the government should do nothing. It's really bizarre. But speaking of bizarre, um, you know, there are very few, I have not seen any actually. I would love to, please send me this, especially you guys in the locals chat. If you are finding any liberals or moderates or non-Trump supporters who are saying the right thing right now, I would love to promote them. I really would because we looked this morning. Uh, but the liberals on this are, are just failing one at a time. And Jon Stewart, who at one time was a decent liberal who has gone off the deep end, he loves, he loves trans kids uh, and all this whole thing. Uh, here he is, uh, he was on CNN with Fareed Zakaria uh, talking about the Trump indictment. And again, my position has been, we don't know all of the details of everything, but where this is going to take the country. But listen to Jon Stewart with a slightly different take. The rule of law does not take into account if that might make you a martyr to somebody. I'd much rather have the conversation be, what is the law? What exactly are we saying that, that he did? His lawyer went to jail for this same situation for a couple of years. So what is the crime? Is it a crime? 
The there reason are people who say it's selective prosecution, that this would not... Everything is get. selective prosecution. The reason why Donald Trump became popular in the first place and the reason why these populist movements is that the citizenry have become fed up with the lack of accountability for those in power. You know, it's funny, John got the end right there. That is why what drives populist movements, that the citizens have had it. We see they live one way, we live the other, that they lie about everything, blah, blah, blah. But John also could use a mirror because one of the other reasons that Trump became president was because people were sick of people like him, people that mocked everyone who didn't believe exactly what the progressive notion of reality was and who didn't go along with whatever was happening in the day or who right now, as John Stewart's doing on his show that nobody's watching, that he's getting paid a ton of money for, uh, you know, was constantly pushing uh, trans operations on kids and the rest of it. So you, you guys get that. Also, the way he throws that line out there, everything is selective prosecution as if that excuses anything. That may be true to some degree, right? It's actually the reverse of what Anna Navarro said. Anna Navarro said, you know, we can trust these grand juries because they're apolitical people. Somehow they exist in a vacuum and they don't bring any of their feelings in on it so they can do their work honestly. John Stewart saying, well, it's all Anyone can have, anything can happen, right? Like, it's just selective. It's, it's selective. People decide to do things. They don't decide to do things. Well, if that's the case, again, you might want to take a more principled approach. Let's say you're right about it, John. Let's say everything's selective. Like, there are different pressures on DAs. There are different pressures from the governor, from the constituents, what's going on in that state, which way the political winds are blowing, the media and all those things. Let's say you're completely right about that then why not take the principled position right now, John Stewart? Why not just sit there and say, you know what, Fareed? This is messy. This is messy. And Michael Cohen did go to jail. And Trump probably, you know, did pay off this porn star, blah, blah, blah. But where we will end up if we go down this route is a very dangerous place. Again, Hillary Clinton paid for the fake dossier that led to Russia collusion. What are we going to do about that? Lock her up? Remember when they were chanting, lock her up, and everyone was saying this is the worst thing ever? But speaking of locking people up, one of the things that they don't do in California is lock people up. Jon Stewart sat down with Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, who has demolished the state of California. Uh, and Jon Stewart, slightly to his credit here, went after Newsom a little bit, but then kind of excused most of it because what's happening right now in California is, first off, they're taking felons they're lowering them to misdemeanors. They're putting less people in jail. They're letting more people out of jail. Petty crimes aren't going to jail. You can trespass, they won't arrest you. Certain amount of drugs, they won't arrest you. You guys get the, the amount of things that this leads to and, and the decay that has happened in Cali, which is why so many people are fleeing. Uh, but here's uh, Stewart basically massaging uh, Gavin Newsom's record over crime and, and allow, giving him, in essence, a past, but it's not, it's not horrific, but it's, it's mostly pretty bad. This system isn't built to cherish each individual and get them to see their own worth. No. no. This is built to keep them from killing each other while they're in here. Correct. But as a society, you're right. We have to actually believe in the core tenets of what we practice in our faith. Right. And that's second damn chances and redemption. Mary Reese, you wanted uh, to commute her sentence. You sent her back to a parole board. She's been in prison for a series of burglaries, not nothing but clearly not a violent offender. Right. She failed her parole hearing based on having borrowed, I think, hair gel from another prisoner and, and some other things. And on the flip side of it, yeah. you have an offender who was let out and killed a police officer. Yeah, yeah, recently. Devastating. Devastating. Yeah, that person that killed that police officer, the district attorney, accused me of being responsible That's right. for that. I live the realities, I don't know them, it's not intellectual, That's I'm right. living. Sure. That's, and, that, I mean, that's, and that puts and, you on your heels. No, it didn't put and, me on my heels. It actually put me on my toes. Right. You want reform and you want to be progressive. I want public safety. I want real public safety. I want people to feel safe. It's about your own self-interest. Right. It's so interesting to me. It's about your own self-interest. Gavin Newsom doesn't give a shit about anyone's self-interest in California after what he's done for the last couple of years and what he's done on crime and the way he destroyed San Francisco. And John's reporting at, oh, yeah, you're right on that one, dude. But the first part, the opening part of that clip is what the most interesting part is. And then I think this goes to what the flaw and why I think it actually is to some degree a spiritual issue here, not a political issue. John Stewart opened that by saying, the system isn't built to cherish these people and get them to see their own worth. Well, that's not what the system is designed to do. 
Our system, because we are all flawed people, hoping to build a system that will just protect our individual rights, things that Gavin Newsom doesn't care about, our system was built to do three things. In essence, it was one thing, really, but protect what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Protect life. We're gonna make sure we have a police force and an army so people can't invade and your murderer is not gonna show up at your house. Liberty, your ability, we're gonna protect liberty. You will decide who you wanna communicate with, who you want to have in your inner circle, what you will want in your local community. That's liberty, how you will live your life, what you wanna go pursue. And then of course, the pursuit of happiness, not the guarantee of happiness, but because we will make sure that you're not gonna get killed to the best of our ability and we'll make sure that you can do what you wanna do, hopefully, or at least try to go for that, then you can pursue happiness. Wouldn't that be sweet? Wouldn't that be sweet? And that was, although it may sound old and it was written by a bunch of old white people who are long since gone, it was pretty uh, innovative for its time and it still stands the test of time. But why I say it's a spiritual thing is you can sort of see what, what lies behind the mind of a liberal. John Stewart gets up there and says, though the system is wrong, the system doesn't cherish people. The system doesn't get people to see their own worth. Yeah, because that's not what the system's supposed to do. What kind of system are you talking about? A system that does not exist. People can't even do it in their own lives, in their own homes. Fathers can't do it for their sons half the time, right? And you guys wish you could build a system where everyone would be cherished. But then you put elect dingbats like Gavin Newsom and well, here we go, here's a great segue. So what is Gavin Newsom doing right now so that people can cherish their lives, so that people can see their own worth? Well, he's letting a whole bunch of people out of jail. Uh, this is from Fox News, uh, Bill Malugan. Uh, the LA County Board of Supervisors has quietly added a proposal on Tuesday's agenda that seeks to decarcerate and depopulate LA jails by directing law enforcement and courts to vastly expand the use of site and release and return to COVID emergency bail schedule. Cause you know, it was going so well during COVID in LA. The proposal would also ask the sheriff to cite and release anyone with a bail of $50,000 or lower, which could include possession of child porn, domestic violence, illegal carrying a firearm, a firearm, and violent offenses like residential burglary, robbery, and assault with a firearm. The proposal was put forward by LA County Supervisors Hilda Solis and Lindsay Horvath as part of a care first, jail, -less, jail last agenda. The road to hell is paid, paved with good intentions. I don't even believe these people have good intentions anymore. I don't know what intentions they have, but you get it, you get it. This is, look, I get it. Gavin Newsom is not in charge of LA specifically, but this is the machinery of California. It punishes good law-abiding citizens. So if this passes, that means in a week from now, or whenever it would go into effect, uh, the guy who's been in jail for three years for beating the crap out of his wife is gonna show up at home again because we care more, we jail last. The woman may not be so thrilled with that, right? The, the child porn people, they'll be out again because we care more, we jail last. That's what these people do. They ruin absolutely everything and every now and again, a symbol shows up to, to shine light on their corruption. And as Glenn Beck said, Donald Trump is that symbol, and that is why they are going after Donald Trump. So I wanna show you this video, it's about two minutes long. Uh, this was created by the, the Trump team, the Trump war room team on the Twitter machine, uh, and they put this together just in the last day or so uh, in light of what is going on with this indictment. Durham probe into the Russia collusion hoax. President Trump has just been impeached on both Article the 1 The only president of the United States to be impeached for a second January time. January 6th committee releasing its final 845-page report. Former President Donald Trump has been indicted. Remember this, nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. Following your convictions, means you must be willing to face criticism from those who lack the same courage to do what is right. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference. The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep 
pushing ahead. This is a party that wants an outsider badly. I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. You must keep pushing forward. Never, ever give up. There'll be times in your life you'll want to quit, you'll want to go home. I can't do it. I can't do it. Just never quit. You will build a future where we have the courage to chase our dreams no matter what the cynics and the doubters have to say. You will have the confidence to speak the hopes in your hearts and to express the love that stirs your souls. And you will have the faith to replace a broken establishment with a government that serves and protects the people. They're not coming after me, they're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way. And I always will stand in their way. I mean, that's good. That's solid. That is Trump messaging at its best. That, that's the Trump that I want to see as the candidate if he is able to continue running despite all of this, right? Like that's the stuff that you watching this supported. That's the stuff that I supported. And I think that's where his focus should be. Um, but he's right, guys. You got to keep the hope, right? Like if they're going after him, we, we don't know what comes after that. But you cannot stop. You know, I got a text yesterday uh, and then my, my buddy texted me something and I was like, all right, we got to talk this out on the phone. He texted me something basically saying, you know, Dave, you're probably pissing off a lot of powerful people. Do you ever get worried about it? And I called him up and we were chatting about it. I was like, first off, maybe, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Who knows? Like there's, there's, I'm not saying I'm the only one doing anything like this, right? There's plenty of other people doing this sort of thing. But am I on a list somewhere? Is somebody angry with me? Like Gavin Newsom's probably not thrilled with me. It would be a problem for me personally if he became president of the United States. Like, okay, fine. But you can't stop, Trump is right. Like if you know what is true and you are fighting something that is bad, you just gotta go. You just gotta go towards it. And I think if you go towards it, if you go towards whatever you want, you know, that, that beacon out in the distance, or you go towards that shining city, or you go towards that flame, if you keep going, I think something good will happen one way or another. It doesn't mean it's gonna be goodness all along. Like you're gonna take slings and arrows and everything else, but that's what we're in the midst of at this moment, we have a completely corrupt judicial system, certainly coming out of New York in this case, combined with a completely corrupt corporate press that is trying for the 800th time to take out the one guy who was standing up against the entire thing, who became the symbol for the rest of us that maybe we can beat the thing. Now, I don't know if we can beat the thing, but we gotta try. Right? Like, what else are we going to do? You want to just be the frog in the slowly boiling pot? Hint, does not well end up well for the frog. So never give up on America, guys. The, the fight continues. And uh, one final clip for you. If, uh, if we were to give up, what would we be left with? Well, we'd be left with people like Hillary Clinton, people like Kamala Harris, people like Nancy Pelosi. Here's Hillary and Nancy. Uh, just This is just days ago discussing election interference in our democracy by Vladimir Putin, which I thought we weren't allowed to talk about or would get you booted off YouTube, but yada, 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 here we are. When uh, Secretary Clinton was in the Senate and First Lady, but especially as Secretary of State in more recent time, um, she, was, she has been, and at that time, implemented many things showing America's support for democracy. It was her clarity in position to the President Putin, President occupant, leader of, of Russia, that made him turn around and ensure, in a uh, illegal way, come out against her in her campaign. An interference in our democracy by Vladimir Putin because Hillary Clinton was the person he feared most in terms of his lack of democracy in Russia. That's, I think, self-evident, so thank you for what you have done. What is wrong with that woman's brain? If your mom, everyone picture your mom. Mom, I love you. Hope you're watching the show today. If your mom, you went 
home and your mom started talking in that way, right? With these broken sentences that don't really make any sense, hands going out, you go, ma, we gotta take you to the doctor. Something ain't right here. There is something wrong with that woman. Also, just putting aside everything that she said right there, Donald Trump was f president for four years. Under those four years, Vladimir Putin did jack shit. He took Crimea, which was part of Ukraine, under Barack Obama. He invaded Ukraine under Joe Biden. Who was the guy that was between those two presidencies? It was Donald Trump. So it's all just nonsense. Also, somehow that he went after and corrupted our elections. I actually thought we weren't allowed to talk about that. And I thought the whole point was, well, you got it. You guys got it. Guys, uh, we are still putting out a whole bunch of the interviews, couple left uh, from our trip to DC. Uh, yesterday, we put up our interview with Jim Jordan and Byron Donalds, the full thing's up across platforms. Right now, we've got a post-game show in about 37 seconds. If you wanna add some comments, questions, et cetera, et cetera, we leave you with a cold close cringe. Jean-Pierre in clown outfit, enjoy. I'll see everybody else in a couple seconds. And uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those, the trans community as they are under attack right now. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.